0: Welcome back to the Calm Café, your cosy home for sleep stories and guided relaxation. My name's Adam, and as always, I will be your host for tonight's tale. Before we go any further, I've had a couple of messages from friends and family, uh, and a couple of people I don't know, saying something along the lines of, um, really enjoyed it. Sorry I didn't get to the end. I fell asleep. Well, that's good. That's the, (laughs) that's the idea. So with that in mind, I just want to make it absolutely clear. Don't worry if you fall off and drift off to sleep before I finish. You can, you can go as soon as you're ready to. Now, I personally use a number of podcasts and sleep aids and those of you who have heard previous episodes will know that I do this podcast because, well, it's, it's kind of more for me than anyone else. And that sounds very, I don't know, self-indulgent, but there are a number of positives and things that I like in other sleep aids and sleep podcasts and there are some things that I would prefer so with that in mind I go more towards what I prefer but it's not right for everybody and not every sleep aid works for everybody it's with that in mind that I created the Calm Cafe just to add another one into the toolbox for those of us who really struggle to drift off to sleep I do have a slight confession in that I have also listened to my podcast The Calm Cafe when I've tried to sleep and guess what I bore myself so much that I fall asleep too, so yeah, don't beat yourself up too much if you go nice and early in the podcast. One other confession, although it's maybe more of an explanation than anything is that I'm not some huge podcaster with all the equipment. I have good equipment. I don't have the likes of a whisper room or really amazing acoustic backing of a room to kill all of the ambient noise. And if you listen carefully at times, you may be able to hear some of the birds tweeting outside. I live in Zanti in Greece. And right now it's February and we've had quite a lot of rain over the last day or so. Quite seasonable but yeah, when it rains here it really does pour. And it's just stopped and some of the birds are coming out so if you hear that in the background I do try and remove most noise but they do get through. So if you can hear them, well, they're just adding to the whole ambience today, tonight, this afternoon, where ever and whenever you're here with us. And thank you. Thank you for joining us. We're on episode 10 now, yeah, into double figures. So tonight we are going to our next part in the book Omnilingual, which is based on an idea that the first people, humans, to get to Mars have found or do find Martian manuscript, but they are there Tens of thousands of years after the last Martian died. And they're trying to work out the language. I love stuff like this. Hopefully you do too. However, if this kind of thing isn't your bag, as I said, we're on episode 10 and we have something different each time. Whether it be a short story, a well-known tale, or something else that I've written myself. Maybe it's a travel, travel travel-style tale, or something completely fictional, like the Mars Exploration Vehicle. I think that's what it stands for, the MEV, still can't remember what I created, but yeah. We've got a new episode of that coming up very soon i spent a bit more time on it So hopefully you'll like it Anyway Hopefully you're now comfortable And ready to start The relaxation That is if you haven't already fallen asleep And if you have Sweet dreams So if you're still with me It's time to focus on you And your body And your breath So Relax down for me Just Hunker down into your bed Maybe pull your cover up Just that little bit higher Tucked underneath your chin And allow your head to just sink into your pillow. And focus on the parts of your body and where and how they come into contact with your bed. Going down from the shoulder, are you a side sleeper? A back sleeper? A front sleeper? I am all of the above, depending on my mood. But where does your body come into contact? Maybe your shoulder, an elbow, maybe your hip, your thighs, Your knees, maybe part of your lower leg, your ankle, your feet and toes. Try to feel each of those contact points all at once. And feel how they're pressing down into your bed. Try to allow gravity to take you just that little bit deeper. And with that, take a deep breath in through your nose. Fill up your chest. And then just out the mouth, let it go. You're not blowing, you're more like an open mouth, just Take another deep breath in through the nose, filling every single fiber of those lungs. Hold it and let it go. Do that again. I want you to breathe in, filling up from the tips of your toes all the way to the top of your head. Holding it for three, two, one, and out your mouth. One more time. Make this the best. See if you can engage your your solar plexus, your diaphragm too. You ready? And take a deep breath in for four. Ready? One. Two, three, four, hold it. Four, three, two, one, and then out for six. One, two, three, four, five, six. If you're enlightened at the end there, <laughs> maybe. Return to breathing in and out through the nose. Not shallow, but not too long either, just somewhere nice and comfortable, in between. And feel how much deeper you are in your bed. And now, now it's time to return to our story. And that was as far as it went. She could pronounce between three and four thousand Martian words, and she couldn't assign a meaning to one of them. Selim von Olmhorst believed that she never would. So did Tony Latimer, and he was a great deal less reticent about saying so. So she was sure did Sashiko Koremitsu. There were times, now and then, when she began to be afraid that they were right. The letters on the page in front of her began squirming and dancing, slender vowels with fat little consonants. They did that, now, every night in her dreams. And there were other dreams in which she read them as easily as English, waking she would try desperately and vainly to remember. She blinked and looked away from the photostatic page. When she looked back, the letters were behaving themselves again. There were three words at the top of the page, over and underlined, which seemed to be the Martian method of capitalization. Mastar Novod, Tadavas, Sonhulva. She pronounced them mentally, leafing through her notebooks to see if she had encountered them before. And, it, and in what contexts. All three were listed. In addition, mastar was a fairly common word, and so was norvod, and so was nor, but vod was a suffix, and nothing but a suffix. davas was a word too, and ta, t-a, was a common prefix. son and hova Were both common words. This language, she had long ago decided, must be something like German. When the Martians had needed a new word, they had just pasted a couple of existing words together. It would probably turn out to be a grammatical horror. Well, they had published magazines and one of them had been called Mastanovat Tadavas Sonhulva. She wondered if it had been something like the Quarterly Archaeological Review or something more on the order of sexy stories. A smaller line, under the title, was plainly the issue, number and date. Enough things had been found numbered in series to enable her to identify the numerals and determine that a decimal system of numeration had been used. This was the 1,754th issue for Doma, 14837, then Doma must be the name of one of the Martian months. The word had turned up several times before. She found herself puffing furiously on her cigarette as she leafed through notebooks and piles of already examined material. Sashiko was speaking to somebody and a chair scraped at the end of the table she raised her head to see a big man with red hair and a red face in Space Force Green with the single star of a major on his shoulder sitting down Ivan Fitzgerald the medic he was lifting weights from a book similar to the one the girl ordnance officer was restoring I haven't had time lately he was saying in reply to Sashiko's question. The Finchley girl's still down with whatever it is she has, and it's something I haven't been able to diagnose yet. And I've been checking on bacteria cultures, and in what spare time I have, I've been dissecting specimens for Bill Chandler. Bill's finally found a mammal. Looks like a lizard, and it's only four inches long, but it's a real, warm-blooded, gamogenetic, placental, viviparous mammal burrows and seems to live on what pass for insects here is there enough oxygen for anything like that sushiko was asking seems to be close to the ground fitzgerald got the headband of his loop adjusted and pulled it down over his eyes he found this thing in a ravine down on the sea bottom ha this page seems to be intact Now, if I can get it out all in one piece... He went on talking inaudibly to himself, lifting the page a little at a time and sliding one of the transparent plastic sheets under it, working with minute delicacy. Not the delicacy of the Japanese girl's small hands, moving like the paws of a cat washing her face, but like a steam hammer cracking a peanut. Field archaeology requires a certain delicacy of touch too, but Martha watched the pair of them with envious admiration. Then she turned back to her own work, finishing the table of contents. The next page was the beginning of the first article listed. Many of the words were unfamiliar. She had the impression that this must be some kind of scientific or technical journal. That could be because such publications made up the bulk of her own periodical reading. She doubted if it were fiction. The paragraphs had a solid, factual look. At length, Ivan Fitzgerald gave a short, explosive grunt. (laughs) Ha! Got it! She looked up. He had detached the page and was cementing another plastic sheet onto it. Any pictures? she asked. None on this side. Wait a moment. He turned the sheet. Not on this side either. He sprayed another sheet of plastic to sandwich the page, then picked up his pipe and relighted it. I get fun out of this, and it's good practice for my hands, so don't think I'm complaining, he said, but Martha, do you honestly think anybody's ever going to get anything out of this? Sashiko held up a scrap of the silicone plastic the Martians had used for paper with her tweezers. It was almost an inch square. Look, three whole words on this piece, she crowed. Ivan, you took the easy book. Fitzgerald wasn't being sidetracked. This stuff's absolutely meaningless, he continued. It had a meaning 50,000 years ago when it was written, but it has none at all now. She shook her head meaning isn't something that evaporates with time she argued it has just as much meaning now as it ever had we just haven't learned how to decipher it that seems like a pretty pointless distinction Selvon almost joined the conversation there no longer exists a means of deciphering it we'll find one she was speaking she realized more in a self-encouragement than in controversy how from pictures and captions? We found caption pictures and what have they given us? A caption is intended to explain the picture, not the picture to explain the caption. Suppose some alien to our culture found a picture of a man with a white beard and moustache sawing a billet from a log. How would you think the caption meant man sawing wood? How would he know that it was really film II in exile at dawn? Sushiko so had taken off her loop, and was lighting the cigarette. I can't think of pictures intended to explain their captions, she said. These picture language books, the sort we use in the service? Little line drawings with a word or phrase under them. Well, of course, if we found something like that. Our morn horse began. Michael Ventris found something like that back in the 50s. Hubert Penrose's voice broke in from directly behind her. She turned her head. The colonel was standing by the archaeologist's table. Captain Field and the Airdyne pilot had gone out. He found a lot of Greek inventories of military stores. Penrose continued. They were in Cretan Linear B-script. And at the head of each list was a little picture. A sword or a helmet or a cooking tripod or a chariot wheel. That's what gave him the key to the script. Colonel's getting to be quite an archaeologist, Fitzgerald commented. We're all learning each other's specialities on this expedition. I heard about that long before this expedition was even contemplated. Penrose was tapping a cigarette on his gold case. I heard about that back before the Thirty Days' War at Intelligence School, when I was a lieutenant, as a feat of cryptanalysis, not an archaeological discovery. Yes, cryptanalysis, von Armhorst pronounced. The reading of a known language in an unknown form of writing. Ventris' lists were in the known language, Greek. Neither he nor anybody else ever read a word of the Cretan language until the finding of the Greek Cretan bilingual in 1963, because only with a bilingual text, one language already known, can an unknown ancient language be learned. And what hope, I ask you, have we of finding anything like that here? Martha, you've been working on these Martian texts ever since we landed here, for the last six months tell me have you found a single word to which you can positively assign meaning yes i think i have one she was trying hard not to sound too exultant doma it's the name of one of the months of the martian calendar where did you find that von holmhorst asked and how did you establish here she picked up the photostat and handed it along the table to him I'd call this the title page of a magazine. He was silent for a moment, looking at it. Yes, I would say so too. Have you any of the rest of it? I'm working on the first page of the first article listed here. Wait till I see. Yes. Here's all I found. Together. Here. She told him where she had gotten it. i just gathered it up at the time and gave it to Jeffrey and Rosita to photostat. This is the first I've really examined it. The old man got to his feet, brushing tobacco ashes from the front of his jacket and came to where she was sitting, laying the title page on the table and leafing quickly through the stack of photostats. Yes. And here's the second article, on page eight. And here's the next one. He finished a pile of photostats. A couple of pages missing at the end of the last article. This is remarkable surprising that a thing like a magazine would have survived so long. Well, this silicon stuff the Martians used for paper is pretty durable, Hubert Penrose said. There doesn't seem to have been any water or any other fluid in it originally, so it wouldn't dry out with time. Oh, it's not remarkable that the material would have survived. We found a good many books and papers in excellent condition. But only a really vital culture, an organised culture, will publish magazines. And this civilization had been dying for hundreds of years before the end. It might have been a thousand years before the time they died out completely that such activities as publishing ended. Well, look where I found it. In a closet, in a cellar. Tossed in there and forgotten and then ignored when they were stripping the building. Things like that happen. Penrose had picked up the title page and was looking at it. I don't think there's any doubt about this being a magazine at all. He looked again at the title, his lips moving silently. Tadavas, Sonhova. wonder what it means. But you're right about the date. Doma seems to be the name of a month. Yes. You have a word, Dr. Dane. Sid Chamberlain, seeing that something unusual was going on, had come over from the table at which he was working. After examining the title page and some of the inside pages, he began whispering into the stenophone he had taken from his belt. "'Don't try to blow this up to anything big,' Sid, she cautioned. "'All we have is the name of the month, and the Lord only knows how long it will be till we even find out what month that is.' Well, it's a start isn't it? Penrose argued. Grotefend only had the word for king when he started reading Persian cuneiform. But I don't have the word for month, just the name of a month. Everybody knew the names of the Persian kings long before Grotefend. That's not the story, Chamberlain said. What the public back on terror will be interested in is finding out that the Martians published magazines, just like we do. Something familiar, make the Martians seem more real, more human. Three men had come in and were removing their masks and helmets and tanks and peeling out of their quilted overalls. Two were Space Force lieutenants, the third was a youngish civilian with close-cropped blonde hair, in a checked woolen shirt, Tony Latimer and his helpers. Don't tell me Martha finally got something out of that stuff, he asked, approaching the table. He might have been commenting on the antics of the village half from his tone. Yes, the name of one of the Martian months, Hubert Penrose went on to explain, showing the photostat. Tony Latimer took it, glanced at it, and dropped it on the table. Sounds plausible, of course, but just an assumption. That word may not be the name of a month at all. Could mean published or authorised or copyrighted or anything like that. Fact is, I don't think it's more than a wild guess that that thing's anything like a periodical. He dismissed the subject and turned to Penrose. I picked out the next building to enter. That tall one with the conical thing on top. It ought to be in pretty good shape inside. The conical top wouldn't allow dust to accumulate. And from the outside, nothing seems to be caved in or crushed. Ground level's higher than the other one, about the seventh floor. I found a good place and drilled for the shots. Tomorrow I'll blast a hole in it. And if you can spare some people to help, we can start exploring it right away. Yes, of course, Dr. Latimer. I can spare about a dozen, and I suppose you can find a few civilian volunteers?" Penrose told him. What will you need in way of equipment? Oh, about six demolition packs. They can all be shot together. And the usual thing in the way of lights and breaking and digging tools and climbing equipment in case we run into broken or doubtful stairways. We'll divide into two parties. Nothing ought to be entered for the first time without a qualified archaeologist alone. Three parties, if Martha can tear herself away from this catalogue of systemized incomprehensibilities she's making, long enough to do some real work. She felt her chest tighten, and her face become stiff. She was pressing her lips together to lock in a furious retort when Hubert Penrose answered for her. Dr. Dane's been doing as much work and as important work as you have, he said brusquely. More important work, I'd be inclined to say. Valmormhorst was visibly distressed. He glanced once again towards Sid Chamberlain. then looked hastily away from him, afraid of a story of dissension among archaeologists getting out. Working out a system of pronunciation by which the Martian language could be transliterated at most important contribution, he said. And Martha, did that almost unassisted. Unassisted by Dr. Latimer, anyway, Penrose added. Captain Field and Lieutenant Koremitsu did some work and I helped out a little, but nine tenths of it she did herself. Purely arbitrary, Latimer disdained. Why we don't even know that the Martians could make the same kind of vocal sounds that we do? Oh, yes, we do. Ivan Fitzgerald contradicted, safe on his own ground. I haven't seen any actual Martian skulls. These people seem to have been very tidy about disposing of their dead. But from statues and busts and pictures I've seen, I'd say that their vocal organs were identical with our own. Well, grant that, and grant that it's going to be impressive to rattle off the names of Martian notables whose statues we find and that if we're ever able to attribute any place names, they'll sound a lot better than this horse-doctor's Latin the old astronomers splashed all over the map of Mars," Latimer said. What I object to is her wasting time on this stuff, of which nobody will ever be able to read a word if she fiddles around with those lists till there's another hundred feet of Loess on this city. When there's so much real work to be done, and we're as short-handed as we are." That was the first time that had come out in just so many words. She was glad Latimer had said it, and not Sellen von host. What you mean, she retorted, is that it doesn't have the publicity value that digging up statues has. For an instant, she could see that the shot had scored. Then Latimer, with a side glance at Chamberlain, answered, What I mean is that you're trying to find something that any archaeologist, yourself included, should know doesn't exist. I don't object to your gambling your professional reputation and making a laughing stock of yourself. What I object to is that the blunders of one archaeologist discredit the whole subject in the eyes of the public. That seemed to be what worried Latimer most. She was framing a reply when the communication outlet whistled shrilly and then squawked, cocktail time, one hour to dinner, cocktails in the library, Hoodfall. The library, which was also lounge, recreation room and general gathering place, was already crowded. Most of the crowd was at the long table topped with sheets of glass-like plastic that had been wall panels out of one of the ruined buildings. She poured herself what passed here for a martini and carried it over to where Selim von Olmhorst was sitting alone. For a while, they talked about the building they had just finished exploring, then drifted into a reminiscence of their work on terror. Von Olmhorst in Asia Minor with the Hatiti Empire, and herself in Pakistan, excavating the cities of Harappo civilization. They finished their drinks, the ingredients were plentiful, alcohol and flavouring extracts synthesised from Martian vegetation, and von Onghorst took the two glasses to the table for refills. You know, Martha, he said when he returned, Tony was right about one thing. You are gambling your professional standing and reputation. It's against all archaeological experience that a language so completely dead as this one could be deciphered. There was a continuity between all the other ancient languages. By knowing Greek, Champion learned to read Egyptian. By knowing Egyptian, Hittite was learned. That's why you and your colleagues have never been able to translate the Harappa hieroglyphics. No such continuity exists there. If you insist that this utterly dead language can be read, your reputation will suffer for it. I heard Colonel Penrose say, once, that an officer who's afraid to risk his military reputation seldom makes much of a reputation. It's the same with us. If we really want to find things out, we have to risk making mistakes. And I'm a lot more interested in finding things out than I am in my reputation. She glanced across the room to where Tony Latimer was sitting with Gloria Standish, talking earnestly while Gloria sipped one of the counterfeit martinis and listened. Gloria was the leading contender for the title of Miss Mars 1996 if you like big, buzz-me-blondes, but Tony would have been just as attentive to her if she'd looked like the Wicked Witch in The Wizard of Oz, because Gloria was the Pan-Federation Telecast System commentator with the expedition. I know you are, the old turco German was saying. That's why, when they asked me to name another archaeologist for this expedition, I named you. He hadn't named Tony Latimer. Latimer had been pushed onto the expedition by his university. There'd been a lot of high-level string pulling to make that happen. She wished she knew the whole story. She'd managed to keep clear of universities and university politics. All her digs had been sponsored by non-academic foundations or art museums. You have an excellent standing much better than my own, at your age. That's why it disturbs me to see you jeopardising it by this insistence that the Martian language can be translated. I can't really see how you can hope to succeed. She shrugged and drank some more of her cocktail, then lit another cigarette. It was getting tiresome to try to verbalise something she only felt. Neither do I, now, but I will. Maybe I'll find something like the picture books Sashiko was talking about. A child's primer, maybe. Surely they had things like that. And if I don't, I'll find something else. We've only been here six months. I can wait the rest of my life if I have to. But I'll do it sometime. I can't wait so long, Von Holmors said. The rest of my life will only be a few years. And where the Schiparelli orbits in, I'll be going back to the Terra on the Serrano. I wish you wouldn't. This is a whole new world of archaeology. Literally. Yes. He finished the cocktail and looked at his pipe as though wondering whether to relight it so soon before dinner but then put it in his pocket. A whole new world. But I've grown old. And it isn't for me. I've spent my life studying the Hatiti's. I can speak the Hatiti language. Though maybe King Moatalis wouldn't be able to understand my modern Turkish accent. But the things I've had to learn here, chemistry, physics, engineering, how to run analytic tests on steel girders and beryl silver alloys and plastics and silicones, I'm more at home with a civilization that rode in chariots and fought with swords and was just learning how to work iron. Mars is for young people. This expedition is a cadre of leadership. Not only the Space Force people who'll be the commanders of the main expedition, but us scientists too. And I'm just an old cavalry general who can't learn to command tanks and aircraft. You'll have time to learn about Mars. I won't. His reputation as the Dean of Hitoglottis was solid and secure too she added mentally then she felt ashamed of the thought he wasn't going to be classed with tony latimer all i came for was to get the work started he continued the federation government felt that an old hand should do that well it started now you and tony and whoever come out on the shiparelli must carry it on you said it yourself you have a whole new world This is only one city, of the last Martian civilization. Behind this, you have the late upland culture and the canal builders and all the civilizations and races and empires before them, clear back to the Martian stone age. He hesitated for a moment. You have no idea what all you have to learn, Martha. This is not the time to start specializing too narrowly.